0: Namaste. So we take up today a short prayer, but uh, it's a very powerful playa- prayer. One of the shortest prayers of Mother is one of the most uh, beautiful prayers. Uh, where she says, O oh Lord, teach me to be the instrument of Thy love. But in this prayer, she teaches us, uh, reveals to us, what is it that humanity needs most. And um, normally we think that humanity needs... Uh, Clothes, uh, money. People think that you know money is the most important thing, or house, roti, kapra, makan, or various other things. But what is it that humanity suffers from most? And what is needed of her servitors? See, work. Normally we think only outer work. But if we do outer work, but inwardly we are uh, spreading disharmony, we are uh, quarrelling, we are spreading anger, hatred. Then what is the use? We may be you know seemingly working for the divine outwardly. But inwardly we are cancelling that work. So here she is revealing to us a totally, amazingly beautiful dimension of her service and something which all of us can be. Uh, We need not, uh, that question was asked, do we need to join an ashram to do mother's work? Well, obviously not. Mother's, what really is her work? What kind of humanity we should be? So this is a beautiful prayer related to that where she is asking something from the Lord. So when we stand before the divine, we ask many things normally for our, uh, from our basic survival needs to abundance outwardly. But what is she asking us? Asking the Lord. This is a prayer dated June 17th, 1915. Very beautifully worded prayer. Grant, O Lord that I may be like a fire that illumines and warms. So, there is a fire that can hurt, a fire that can scorch, a fire that can be like a blazing sun. You see, that's why when you see uh, some of the writings of Sri Aurobindo and the Mother, it is something very interesting. The Mother seems to beautifully intercede between that blazing sun and the humanity which is striving and struggling here. And classic example is when we read in the mother, very often people have asked and it's there in mother's writings also, uh, where Sri says, do not imagine that truth and falsehood can stay together. So they asked her and then she explains so beautifully. Now she has brought it, so she comes down right near us. And how does she do it? How does the sun give warmth? By wailing itself in so many layers and re- giving us only that much, which gives us light and warmth. Because if she were to reveal herself in all that splendor, she once at one place says that never invoke justice because if, I, if it were to manifest, none of you will be able to stand. And then she says, I have come here to manifest grace. So look at it, this is the sun which illumines and gives warmth. Like a fire that illumines and warms. Like a fountain that takes away thirst. Like a tree that shelters and protects. This is what we should be. Do we need to be in a particular space to be like that? We can be anywhere. We can be like the sun or the fire which gives warmth, which illumines the understanding. Or we can be like the fountain. Fountain of what which quenches thirst? Love. Human beings need it, they suffer from it and like a tree that shelters and protects. Men are so unhappy, so ignorant, they need so much to be helped. But what is the true help? This is the true help that we can render to humanity. There is a very beautiful uh, essay of the mother on charity. She speaks about different kinds of charity. Even today somebody asked about helping humanity. So how do we help humanity? This is a very ignorant kind of help, where we just build hospitals, where we give free medicines, that's hardly help. In fact, very often that kind of a thing has harmed humanity, because it's something done in ignorance. You build a hospital, charitable hospital, free hospital, after some time, because people know it's a free hospital, so they go there. After some time, they have lost their natural defences to fight against illness. See, this is what has happened. That, uh, you know, Srivastava says that, no doubt, modern science has unveiled a marvellous surgery. But it has taken away the uh, natural immunity which people used to develop. We grew up like many of us who have grown up in villages know that. We didn't know so many medicines and so much and we used to get well because the body knew how to handle things. But now we have lost it. Why? Because we have so many hospitals, so many doctors and so much intervention, all these things. Now we have entered that cycle, we can't go back. You can't undo the hospital. But we have to now look in that direction of developing our own natural immunity because everything is here. And that's why probably all these epidemics are a way to show us that where the real fault line is. The fault line is not in the virus. He's just doing his job. The fault line is that we don't have the immune system to fight against the virus. What kind of immune system is this? It succumbs. It should respond. Why not? Our body has responded to countless pathogens in, in the past. Why can't it respond to that? Similarly, at one place, when Shurbinda was asked, what is it that is missing in today's times? The one, number one, biggest problem. This, the question of the month in Arya. In Arya, there used to be question of the month. And Shurbindu says, the deliberate reconciliation of reason and faith. So, either we develop reason, but by the diminution of faith. Or we have faith and we just don't develop reason. We say, no, no, I just have faith. But the deliberate Bringing together. Now, how do we do it? Very simple. What is faith? Faith is something that tells us which is going to be. It's an intuitive perception. Let's say that human beings have tremendous capacities and potential which can develop. Now, this is faith because you, if you go into data, you will see a yogi here and there, but otherwise, generally, human beings are the same kind. But if you have this faith, you will rationally start proceeding in that direction step by step. So, faith leads and reason comes to fill in the gaps. Even reason can be an instrument of a higher will and higher intelligence where the truth that manifests takes the form of reason and logically extends itself rather than from below upward. So, these are the real things that humanity needs. It needs faith. It needs hope. It needs courage. And it needs to be protected. This need for security is so strong in human nature. Because we are surrounded with dangers. Of course, true security is inside. But till we discover that security, there is always a need of someone. Mother says that the attitude of normal humanity towards superhumanity, what will be it like? It will be like towards some higher beings, benevolent beings. See, how do, what do we do with gods? We go and pray in the temple and believe now there is, God is there with us. So, similarly, humanity has to develop to a point. See, she is also indicating what will be the superhumanity of the future. It will not be an arrogant superhumanity. Oh, I know it, you don't know. I am a superior person because I have practiced yoga, sadhana, none of this. On the contrary, there is a very beautiful, um, uh, some very nice uh, things along similar lines. You know, one of those rahims uh, couplets. One of the places he says, Bada hua to kya hua. Jaisse Ped khajur. Baithan ko ko phal ati You may be very great, high, tall. What is the. How does it matter? Even the date palm tree is very tall. But you can't even take shelter under it. It doesn't give shade. And the fruits are there, but very top, much on the top. You can't reach out there. You can't even. Pluck it by throwing a stone because for all you know the stone and the date both will fall on your head. So, bada hua to kya hua khajur. Then at another place, this very nice way he says ki the river flows. It doesn't ask money to, to quench thirst and it gives an example of how humanity should be. So, she is saying how humanity should be, how we should be. Instead of just, uh, you know, little development, little knowledge, little... Uh, degree, little something and little yoga, people start becoming arrogant that we are, you know, or being closer to God. The sign that one is close to God is that one becomes more and more humble. Why? Because one is close to God. (laughs) One knows this is infinity. The sign, pride is a sign, pride and arrogance that one is very far from God. One touch of the divine makes a sambal because you realize, my God, this... Where am I standing? Even a great yogi will become humbled before the divine presence. No? There is a line in Savitri where he says, even the seer and sage see only hypnotized by one luminous point. They cannot behold the greatness of the divine mother. The whole world lives in a single ray of her sun. So, She is revealing to us what we should be like. What the superhumanity of tomorrow will be like. She is aspiring for that. What? We should be like a stream, a river that quenches thirst. Humanity is thirsty. Thirsty of what? There is a beautiful prayer in prayers and meditation. She says, there is a thirst for love that no human relation can quench. There is a need for peace that one finds nowhere, not even in death. There is a knowledge which no system of philosophy can capture. It's not exact words, maybe I can, since we are at it, it's a very beautiful prayer and uh, you know, it's, it's not difficult to find it, yes. So what, what is humanity's need? And there is, the superhumanity of tomorrow will be uh, embodying these aspects of the divine. People often say serving humanity is to serve divinity, not serving humanity in ignorance. Serving humanity is to serve the divine in humanity, to fulfill those divine needs. There is a power which no government can command, a happiness which no earthly success can give. So human beings are deprived of this. A light which no wisdom can possess, a knowledge which no philosophy, no science can acquire, a beatitude of which no satisfaction of desire can give the enjoyment. A thirst for love which no human relation can quench. A peace which can be found nowhere, not even in death. So where does it come from? It is the power, the happiness, the light, the knowledge, the beatitude, the love and the peace which come to us from the divine grace. So she is aspiring literally to be an instrument of the grace. Very difficult thing, very rare. Complete self-forgetfulness is required. So she is aspiring for that. Grant, O Lord, that I may be like a fire that illumines and warms. Like a fountain that takes away thirst. Like a tree that shelters and protects. Men are so unhappy, so ignorant. They need so much to be helped. My confidence in thee. And for this, where does she turn to? The divine. Who can give all this? The divine presence. My confidence in thee. My inner certitude grow from day to day. And from day to day also I feel thy love more living in my heart. So all these things come from where? From love. This is what is the central malady. Human beings are deprived of it. See, all people rush towards drugs and all these. Why do they rush towards it? Because they don't have the natural joy. What is the thing which most naturally creates in us a condition of joy? If you really look at it, it is love. It brings joy and beauty simultaneously. Automatically, you don't have to do anything, you know, it brings a happiness. So, human beings suffer. So, they go into artificial methods, like they'll go into drugs, alcohol, partying, money, power, all these ways, all kinds of, you know, uh, what is called as flings, attractions, because they are looking for that, but where will you find it? So, naturally, they go more and more disappointed. They are caught in the dark net. They sink down, go toward the abyss. very unfortunate. But this deep need can only be fulfilled by the power of love. And where this love should come from? From the divine. So we have to connect ourselves to the divine love. And she is experiencing that she feels this love more and more living in her heart. Thy light at once, brighter and more soft. So she is asking for that light. Usha It is bright and soft. Not like the Prachand Tej of Surya because it will burn away. That's one kind of... It's the same sun. You see, this is very interesting of all the names of the sun. One of them is Savitra. You have Savitri. So so Savitra very interestingly refers to the sun whose warmth you can feel at night. It is the sun which is hidden, which is going to rise just before the dawn. So she is the cup bearer of the dawn. So it's the illumination which, which brings which is soft and bright. And more and more I fail to make a distinction between thy work and my life. This is what we have to understand, between my personality and the whole earth. So first part is easier, second part may be more difficult. The first part is, why do we make a distinction, mother's work and myself, my life? Six hours I am doing her work, or eight hours maybe, I don't know how many hours rest of the time, it's my life, my private time. The life is the work. Our living should be such, our breathing should be such, that as we move through this earth, wherever we move, we bring hope, sow a seed of courage, of aspiration, of light, of love. That should be our work. That wherever we go, streams of sweetness flow. Shraubindu says that in one of the... Um, early letters to Barinda what does he want he says I don't want hundreds of thousands of men I just want hundred men and then he says what he expects of them who are so full and brimming brimming with Shakti that wherever they stand hundreds around them are affected by that that is what is the real work this work outside is a preparation so that if we do it with the right attitude this should develop within us We don't even have to tell anybody that we are coming from, let us say, Shurabindu Ashram. They should ask us, tell us your secret. (laughs) How come you have so much sweetness and warmth and love? Then you should say, Mother's grace. (laughs) It should not be, I am coming from Ashram, expecting that people should (laughs) welcome you and greet you. Your actions should speak, otherwise it's so horrible, no? (laughs) People will get disillusioned. Oh, Ashram, my God it should be such that people should come and ask you where is the origin where is the fount from where you are drawing your breath from and then when you say that it's because the breath I draw is from her grace then it carries a meaning otherwise oh I am from the ashram better not to say this (laughs) you say oh okay okay. (laughs) we have seen one product (laughs) (laughs) Who will explain this is all, we are all products in the making. None of us is a finished product, but you can't explain all that. No, people expect that by the very fact you have joined, you are a finished product. We are products in the making, but what should be the direction of this product? She is revealing to us, it should be such that the whole body, mind, heart, life, will should be like a transparent vessel, vehicle of the divinity within us. This is the work that we all become little, little divine beings upon earth. After all, it is a divine humanity that they are going to create. We don't have to talk about, you know, big things, all the planes of consciousness between mind and super mind. We don't need to know that. There is a divine nature, everybody knows. Sure, Swami Vekananda said, I am so proud to belong to a civilization where we are taught in Hindu thought that there is a divine nature we are not fallen creatures sinners all this is not there but something has come in the way of divine nature what has come all that we have gathered the dust what is that dust in the course of journey through millenniums and trillenniums animal nature asuric nature all that desire lust greed anger we have gathered it's not about true nature so now what do we do we enter the bathroom When, you know, we gathered all this dust, what should we do? We first enter the washroom. We are cleansed. And what is that super washroom? Mother's love. And when we are cleansed, then our true nature should manifest. And this true nature, now what Shurabindo brings out something additionally to it, that yes, even when we recover our true nature, our natural instruments are still like an animal. Because evolution has not created instruments to contain and express Speech fails and fumbles. The heart gets confused when it experiences torrents and floods of love and sweetness inside. It can get intoxicated. Passions, they don't know. They can take all kinds of directions. So, the instruments of nature also have to change to adapt to this new consciousness, to the divine nature. All Sanatana Dharma is about the true divine nature inside us. But we are not able to, even when we discover it inside, how do we express it? Through instruments. So, unless the instrumental nature changes, unless the outer being changes, it will continue to remain only something which is inside. So, what yogis in the past would do, they discover their true nature and withdraw. But here the whole stress is on changing. But the fundamental thing is first. First is to discover, recover our true divine nature. And when we discover a true divine nature, then we become a godlike humanity. Where those who come in contact feel quenched, their thirst quenched, feel illumined, receive hope, receive strength, receive joy. There are people, if you meet them for a few minutes and come out, you will feel, oh my god, drained out, isn't it? There are some, you just have a passing contact and you feel that something has changed in your day. So that is the kind of humanity we should be and for which she has confidence in the grace. And she says more and more, she cannot make a distinction between thy work and my life. To live, to breathe is your work. Between my personality and the whole earth. Because, now look at it, personality is moving in a certain framework. Isn't it? So can we say that that within the ashram we can be like angels? But when I go out, I can be like the most depotic person ever born on earth. No, the whole earth belongs to the divine. This is a training ground. When we move out all over the world, more and more she says, I cannot distinguish. That's how the whiteness comes. Everywhere she discovers the same presence and that's how ultimately she identifies with the whole earth consciousness. Lord, Lord thy splendor is infinite so to link ourselves to that splendor which is infinite we draw from here and there that's why we, these are finite sources finite sources can never ultimately quench us that's why when whenever we draw from finite sources momentarily it can satisfy but it cannot fill the thirst of the spirit so as soon as possible unless that person is connected to the infinite otherwise invariably after a time you will see that things And to fail Lord Lord Thy splendor is infinite Thy truth is marvelous Is it? We have heard Truth is harsh Bare This is the Vedic description Of truth What is truth? The Vedas say Raso Vaisaha It is delight It is death which says Truth is bare and harsh In Savitri Truth is not bare and harsh Even in its bareness It is, you know, a seat for Shiva. Who can say Shiva is harsh? Seated by his side is Uma. Who can say she is harsh? So, truth is supreme delight. Mother has said, truth is supreme harmony and delight. She has added one more word. Why? Because truth is a completeness. And wherever truth acts, it brings harmony. You will know it by the action. Truth will never cause disruption, disharmony, disorder, chaos, never. The action of truth is like it brings out harmony. In the process of harmony, things will get churned, certain things will go in another place. But it will all be in a very beautiful way, harmonious way. That's why it has taken trillenniums for truth to emerge. Otherwise, if truth wanted to emerge, uh, human weight would have said, "Okay, now I just spread my limbs, <laughs> everything would have collapsed. So she is saying truth is marvelous. And thy all-powerful love will save the world. So again we see that illumination that comes from truth and the splendor and the love which quenches thirst and becomes like a tree that shelters and protects. So I'll read this prayer again. Marvelous prayer. Wonderful. June 17th, 1913 Grant, O Lord, That I may be like a fire that illumines and warms. Like a fountain that takes away thirst. Like a tree that shelters and protects. Men are so unhappy, so ignorant. They need so much to be helped. Unhappy because of ignorance. Absolutely equal to each other. other. Batch of ignorance is suffering. Batch of knowledge is delight. My confidence in thee, my inner certitude grow more, grow from day to day and from day to day also I feel thy love more living in my heart. Thy light at once brighter and more soft and more and more I fail to make a distinction between thy work and my life. Between my personality and the whole earth. So beautiful. It's not just what work is given to us in the office we do and it is mother's work. Every interaction of life is mother's work. When we are gazing at a plant, we can gaze it with compassion and love or we can look at it as where are the fruits that I need to pluck For my advantage. We can look at a worm and disdain it. Or we can look at a worm. And as Shurabinda says, What is God? He says, Thou who disdainest not the worm to be, Nor even the clod. Therefore we know by that humility that thou art God. Because everything in life is nothing but God. Lord, Lord, thy splendor is infinite, thy truth is marvelous, thy truth is marvelous, and thy all-powerful love will save the world. She's not even invoking, she knows it will save the world. So if those people who are very concerned about saving the world, <laughs> instead of, <laughs> okay, there will be people who will try all kinds of things, everybody has its place. But those who are drawn to yoga should become instruments of her love. And this love is an all-victorious love, not just an ordinary human love and you know what we understand. It's infinite. So we should become, if we are really serious about saving the world, this we should become. Again, it has nothing to do with what ordinarily we understand by love. It's a very powerful thing. It can change, you see. So many stories of Buddha, Angulimal, Mal, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Jagai Madhai, That is the kind of love. Of course, countless people in the life of Mother and Bindo. That is what we should more and more embody if we want to save this world. Thank you. Namaste.